We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed. And I'm your host, John. And this episode, we had an interview with Brandon Leibowitz, um, owner of SEO Optimizers. And that's pretty much what we're talking about, SEO optimization, which is search engine optimization, which is pretty much the process of knowing how the algorithm on search engines like Google, Bing, et cetera, work so you can optimize your website to get ranked higher and put on the first page of Google, second page of Google. So you get more traffic, more sales, you know, you get the story. I think. That. But it's a good convo. We kind of just dive into it, what he's doing, how he, you know, approaches different situations to optimize. And I think it's pretty educational just given that everyone in these days has a digital brand. And if you have a website, which is not a bad idea, it's just a good way to get traffic there. Yeah. Yep. Let's dive Definitely. in. Let's uh yeah, let's get right into it. Hey guys, just wanted to shout out Zencaster, our platform of choice for recording remotely with our guests. Uh they're sponsoring this episode, so tune in later to hear more about some really great offers. Hey, y'all. We're really excited to tell you about Black Ice, the Black-owned jewelry business owned by Sean Moore, uh, our previous guest on the Black Box podcast. If you think if you think about it, Black Ice and like Black Box, it's like it's it's almost like it's meant to be. Oh. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, you know, we like to focus on investing in the show. So, you know, we kind of look at it as we're partnering up with a asset class, you know, jewelry is considered an investment. And with the, you know, stock market and crypto being pretty volatile right now, and most for the most part going down, um, jewelry, especially precious metals, you know, gold and silver, those tend to preserve their value really well. So, you know, that's also another reason why we think it's a, a good opportunity. But also, you know, I've worked with Sean in the past, I got a gift from my mother, actually, for Mother's Day, it was a pretty, a relatively custom piece, nothing crazy. But you know, Sean was quick. He was easy. He was responsive. The price was fair. And, you know, we just met up and transaction was easy. And my mom loved the gift. So, yeah, if this all sounds good to you, check out Black Ice's website at Black Ice NYC um, and at all socials. And uh, there's a V instead of an A for the black. So, as you guys are probably used to with little letter substitutions by us. <laughs> But you could find stock goods there. And Sean also specializes in custom goods with quick turnaround times. Yeah. Uh, Sean does great custom pieces. I've seen a bunch of them on his social media. But um, yeah, he's also good for sourcing, you know, like watches, specific Rolexes, anything like that they're looking for. He can also get you a better price. And, you know, if you're going to, you know, a bigger name shop or someone that you don't really know that might try to gouge you on the price. So Along with that, it's also supporting an upcoming entrepreneur. He's had a lot of success. He just celebrated his one-year anniversary of the business, had a really nice party. And um, let's get back to the show. All righty. Hey, Brandon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Black Box podcast today. You want to just take a minute or two to introduce yourself before we dive into questions? Yeah, thank you for having me on today. My name is Brandon Leibowitz, and I've been involved with digital marketing the past 15 years helping people get more traffic to their website kind of just fell into it wasn't planning on it but got my degree in business marketing and 
the first job I got out of school was helping out a company with their digital marketing, kind of doing it all for them, helping out with social media, helping out like running paid ads, doing email marketing, doing search engine optimization, taking pictures of products, kind of doing it all. And this is back in 2007, just realized that everyone's probably going to have a website in the future. And there's a lot of different ways to get traffic. Everything I mentioned works to get traffic, but SEO is a way to get free traffic. So I thought, let me just focus on a way to get free traffic instead of paying for ads, all the other ways to get traffic. Let me just focus on search engine optimization and been doing that ever since working at different advertising agencies and on my free time before work or after work, I'd work on my own company and built it up to where I was able to quit my job and focus solely on this and been doing that ever since. Congrats. (laughs) That's that's awesome. Um, So when you were in college, did you know about, was it more just general marketing stuff that you learned in business classes? Then that first job opened you up to all those different ones. And then you realized SEO is probably the way to go for future proofing. Pretty much. Yeah. Cause back in 2007, well, 2002 to 2007, they didn't really talk much about it. Di- I mean, they talked briefly, but the thing is with digital, you're reading a book in college and books are outdated really quickly because digital marketing is constantly changing. Like what works today might not work tomorrow. There's new sites that emerge or they move buttons around and features change. So it's tough. At least nowadays, stuff is a little bit more dynamic where people can learn more about it. But I still feel like there's not much. Like I even teach classes at like General Assembly, which is like a digital marketing kind of college. But even that is like that was created because colleges don't really, unfortunately, teach it. Got you. Um, I guess so. In terms of search engine optimization, is this something that do you like specialize on like a specific search engine? Like, are there different things that you have to do depending, depending on the search engine or does everyone kind of work to optimize for like Google, for instance, in the U S everyone's pretty much going for Google because Google just brings in the majority of the traffic compared to any other search engine. Google just brings in so much traffic. So got to focus on wherever you're getting the most traffic. Like when I look at analytics over the years, Google brings mm-hmm. probably like 20 to 80% of the traffic. Bing will bring like 1%. Yahoo might bring 1%. Then yeah. the rest comes from like email marketing, paid ads, social media, people just typing your website in. But Google just dominates. I've never seen Bing or Yahoo or DuckDuckGo or any of the other search engines bring more than maybe like 2 or 3% of the traffic, which is kind of crazy. But if you're getting a lot of traffic, if you're a big website, you're getting 1,000 people through your website, 1% is not bad, but if you're a small mom and pop shop and you're getting like five or 10 people to do website a day, then 1% not really worth worrying about. So it just depends on how big and how much traffic you're getting. But for the most part, Google just runs everything. Gotcha. gotcha. So yeah. Um, in terms, uh, in terms of like what you're doing to individual sites or maybe it's individual pages within a site, um, could you could you walk us through like how did you get educated in the in this like space like were were there online resources that you found or did you connect with someone um, I guess if we could just dig into that a bit. Well, I mean the way well at that first job they took me to well they didn't know much about SEO and digital marketing I didn't know much about it either it's kind of interesting that they like still want me to jump on board but they took me on board and. After working there like a couple of weeks, we went to a conference and 
at this conference, they were talking about like digital marketing and how you could build your own website and be your own boss and kind of learning through going to seminars and reading blogs and forums. And nowadays, Facebook groups are kind of good, but it's just trying to just learn as much as you can, watching YouTube videos. Testing is the biggest thing is because you could just read and read and read, but if you don't implement, it doesn't really work or might be reading tactics that don't work anymore. So you got to try it out because just what you see or read or hear online doesn't necessarily mean it's true or it might've been true, but now it's no longer valid or working. Yeah. I feel like the the resources were limited then because like you keep bringing up, it was early. It was still like a pioneer type stage. So you kind of had to put the piece together with whatever you could find plus trial and error. But yeah, the, the point that you were mentioning about how things can work one day for digital marketing and then the next not. I feel like I've heard about that just because um, I've seen some videos on like, you know, drop shipping and stuff where you, you know, you build a storefront, whatever, find products and then run ads. I've heard people say like one day they can use Facebook ads and it bringing in really good numbers. And then one day there's like a different rule change or something. And then all their products get taken off and then they have to re-navigate and figure out a new way to pivot. Yep. It makes it tricky because you never know what's going to happen, especially a lot of people like focusing on one platform, like putting all their eggs in one basket. I'm like, you got to diversify because you never know what's going to happen. And especially with social, that's not yours. You're just renting space off these yeah. platforms. If you're just on Facebook solely or Instagram only, and you have a big following on Instagram, that's great. But what happens if Instagram disables your page or in 10 years, is Instagram still going to be popular? So you want to try to get traffic from as many sources as possible and not just rely on one because like you said, something had happened and, Facebook could change and just flip a switch and say, nope, none of these are valid anymore. These are all against their terms of service and we can't display them. I guess, I mean, you do specialize in SEO, so we want to focus on that. But um, what does like a platform, what kind of criteria do you think it needs for it to be like a legitimate reason to go and run ads on that? You know how we said before with being in those, you're not going to optimize your search for that because they're not bringing in the majority of the the pie, so to speak. But I guess like what's, what would classify it being worth it to go to try to like run that platform? Uh, it really just depends on who your audience is and where are they? That's number one. So like I get a lot of like real estate agents that say, Hey, I want to advertise on Facebook, which I'm like, all right, that's good. But people aren't searching on Facebook. They're just browsing around. Whereas if you advertise on Google, Someone's searching, they're actively looking, they have that intent behind it. So social media is always going to be cheaper for a reason. It's lower quality traffic. I mean, it works for some things, but like if you have a product, it's really good or something new that people aren't searching for, then you can display it visually with the video. But even then I'd say YouTube is probably going to be even better because Google okay. owns YouTube. And with YouTube, you get 30 seconds free ad space. So if somebody watches your video ad for 29 seconds and then skips it, you don't pay a penny. After 30 seconds, then it's like, it, I mean, it changes, but let's say it might be like five to 10 cents per view on average. It doesn't mean it matter if they watch it for 30 gotcha. seconds or 30 minutes, however long your video edit is, it's the same price. And those work really well. And it's all about the intent. You want people searching. So people search on Google, they're looking actively at that moment. Okay. So I guess it's like what they're actually using that tool for. Does it align with how someone would normally find your product? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because want to be in front of you. Because, like myself, yeah. I do SEO. I mean, some people might find me on Facebook or Instagram, but not many people are really going to Instagram looking for SEO. Some people are, but 
majority of people probably going to go on Google or Yelp, find me there, then check my social media out to make sure I'm legitimate, credible and trustworthy. Gotcha. That, that makes sense. I mean, you have some, you know, I have, I have a bit of like a fun question slash case study type of thing, but say for, in, for instance, you wanted to, um, you wanted to do some SEO on your own name, right? So that if someone Googled your name, that you would be the first person or one of the first people to pop up. How, how would you go about that? Like from like, where would you start? What would you do? Um, well, it yeah. depends on the competitiveness of your name. If for myself, my name is Brandon Leibowitz. So there's not too many of me. So it's pretty easy for me to rank for my website, but, or my name. But if you're like John Smith or something like that, or you have like a celebrity's name, or maybe you're named Tom Cruise, that's going to be a lot tougher because yeah. there's a lot of people that are searching for those names and Google's like, we don't know which one to display. But when you search for names or businesses, social media usually always ranks at the top. Might be a Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, YouTube. You never know which one, LinkedIn, Pinterest. So I create an account on all those platforms with your username as your name. And then also buy your website, buyyourname.com and, or whatever, .net, .info. doesn't matter. They all rank equally well. You can buy a .info for $2 a year and build a website on there and try to optimize for that keyword. So kind of like start from scratch. It's a lot of work, but if you want to make sure that you really rank for your website or your name, that's going to be the best way. And also search for your name, see what's on that first page of Google and see if you could create accounts on there. Like if there's a, whatever it may be like a blogger or some weird thing like that, you go in and create your own blogger account and see if you can make yours more optimized with your name and try to outrank that person. Okay. That kind of leads me to my follow-up question, even though you have answered it there. What, um, like what are the tried and true methods to like optimize something for search? Is it just quantity or are there other aspects to it? No, the most important thing is really what are called backlinks, getting other websites to talk about you because anyone could build a website nowadays and put keywords all over it. Google just doesn't believe anybody says or anybody, whatever they put on their key, their website, they don't believe you. So they want to see what are called backlinks, other websites mentioning you that helps build trust and Google's Google to then look at the keywords on your website. But Without the backlinks, Google is not going to trust you and not going to rank you. A backlink is really just like if you're reading, let's say, an article on the latimes.com. And then there it says Brandon Leibowitz, and you click on it, and it goes to my website. I'd be getting backlink from the latimes.com. So the more websites that talk about you and mention you, the more trust Google gives to you, and then they're going to rank you higher. But it doesn't work the other way around. If you don't build backlinks, Google's not going to rank a website. Okay. And... um shoot how did i want to word it um like what if the people that are linking you are not credible does it not help you at all or like how do they know that the website isn't just you making a fake website and then linking your other product or does it not know i mean a lot of people do that it's called private blog networks but google is kind of able to pick up on that i mean sometimes they're able to hide it they block all the search engines from all these websites They register on different platforms, hosting and different, they build them on different platforms, but it's a lot of work building a website versus just reaching out to another website and building a relationship with that other website and Mm -hmm. offering them something 
in exchange for a backlink, maybe yeah. a free article or blog post or video or I mean, graphic or a podcast or whatever it may be, yeah. but some way that you're like, Hey, I'm going to give you something. And in return, you're probably going to give me a clickable link that points back to my website. It's a lot easier because building websites, it, you have to pay for hosting and paying for the domain name and all that adds up every single yeah. year. But a lot of people will do that in the past and it did work, but that's where Google's always updating their algorithm, trying to figure out ways yeah. for gaming the system and saying, all right, stop doing it. I mean, that's what Google really does when they update their algorithm. It's really, I mean, sometimes it's making it better, but really they're just trying to clean up spam because people have figured out ways to game the system with like yeah. artificial con AI content where it's not really content written by people and Google really relies heavily on text. They can't read images or videos yet. They really just rely heavily on text. So people are been gaming the system ever since I've been doing SEO. They've been ways yeah. to artificially write articles where you'd write it, you put an article in the tool, it would find synonyms and plurals and replace it and didn't really read properly back then in 2007. Nowadays it reads really, really well where it's kind of indistinguishable between humans and AI. It's kind of scary. Yeah. I don't know how Google's trying to figure that one out, but I know that's at the top of their list right now, but they're trying to, trying to stop. I've seen some of those AI based like paintings where you can type in like a few words and then it'll create like this sick abstract painting, which is like, I know that AI is doing a lot more powerful stuff, but that to me is like, I don't know. The creativity part is, is I feel like hard to get into code because the way that I think code is written is, you know, just logic based. So I don't know. Crazy it's stuff. weird. And they even do it with videos too, or that's soon to be yeah. it all in there. They'll make videos, movies, like it's going to be weird. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> but it's just be very interesting to watch. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but with Zencaster, the process becomes much easier. Zencaster is an all-in-one web-based solution that makes the process pretty painless and simple. Um, Zencaster allows to bring you guys, our listeners, the best quality by providing crystal clear audio and gorgeous HD video when we record with our guests. Uh, Zencaster is also easy to use for new users and guests. So, you know, when we have people on the podcast who haven't used the platform before, we pretty much just tell them to show up with a computer, mic, and uh, headphones, and you're pretty much good to go. Um, Zencaster is pretty plug and play. Uh, but from local recording to automated post-production tools, you don't even have to leave the browser to finish off your episode. Use the code zen.ai slash blackbox and enter our promo code blackbox. You'll get 30% off the first three months of Zencaster Pro. It's time to share your story. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also seen um, videos or videos and just articles about how there are companies that are able to like if you say, for example, we were to send this company our podcast audio file, they could make an audio file in our in our voices in any other language you would want. So they could make me or make you all speak like Spanish or French or Arabic or any other language. And it's in your voice, which is crazy because there's so much potential for bad actors with that. But there's also so much potential for small businesses and large businesses to reach like a bigger audience. So you never it's always like good and bad. Yeah, yeah. it's got the pros and the cons and we got to see which one what happens if there's ways to kind of limit the cons and minimize them because I'm sure there's ways. But 
there's always going to be people figuring out ways to just game the system, just like with SEO or anything. People figure out ways, loopholes and ways to just jump ahead. And it works temporarily, but in the long run, it's probably going to do more harm than good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, I guess like at, at, as Black Box, we, we like to focus on the entrepreneurial aspect of your experience. And I know you mentioned that you you started doing like your own basically you started working on your own company part-time while you were working another job until you were able to do that full-time how was that transition um were you like finding clients or businesses that wanted seo for their site and they would reach out to you um could you walk us through that maybe yeah well at the beginning it was me more of reaching out to them because they didn't really know about me and I didn't have a website at the very beginning. I just figured out, I mean, I never, I don't know how to build websites. I know like basic HTML. That's kind of as much as you need for SEO. Back then there was like Dreamweaver. So there was no like WordPress or Shopify, which makes it a lot easier nowadays. Squareface, Wix, all these platforms, they get really easy. But back then I need some basic coding. So I did barter with somebody. So I post on like Craigslist and all these websites, like offering my services. I'd go, door to door, like cold calling people, which is the worst. Don't like doing that. Glad I don't have to do that anymore. But initially we do that and people found me and I bartered with one person where he built me a website in exchange for me doing the SEO on his business. And that was probably like 2008, maybe where I got my website built. And then that helped out because then I was able to use my website as like a portfolio saying, here, I'm going to do SEO on my website and rank it for all these keywords. So people started finding me through my website and, I teach classes, so people find me through there and word of mouth and recommendations and just, yeah, over the years, just building it up. But initially, it's me kind of just going out and trying to get people to know about or even care about SEO because in 2007, most people didn't really know or understand the value of SEO. Nowadays, it's a little bit easier, but back then, it was really tough to, like, convey why they should be online. I got it. Yeah, I'm sure. I was just going to say... Walking back to what you said earlier on when you were explaining when you went to that conference at your first job and they started saying how uh, you can be your own boss, you know, make a website, have a brand. I feel like it's crazy now. I don't know why I thought about it back in my head, but that's pretty much what's going on now, you know, more or less like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people compared to in the past have, you know, like a social media account or like a TikTok brand that they're making or, you know, our podcast is basically the same exact thing everyone kind of got their own brand that they're just using a certain platform or multiple platforms to market, which is, I don't know. It's kind of full circle. Cause what they said is pretty much what is happening. Yeah. No, they were just like 15 years at, you know, yeah. behind or early. Yeah. And no, I wish I knew even earlier because 2007 was still like early ish, but people were doing it for like 10, 15 years before that. But Definitely, yeah. When I look back at the conference, it's still almost all the same stuff that people talk about affiliate marketing, drop shipping, and stuff like that, where they're just like, hey, I don't even have a product. I don't need a product. I just buy it from Alibaba or these websites. And I build my own website and rank it for these keywords. And I mean, back then it was a lot easier to rank for keywords because less competition, less competitive. The more competitive it is, the more, or the more time it's going to take, the more effort it's going to take. But back then it was a lot easier. Well, it's the same thing, I guess, the saying like early bird gets a worm. Like if you're willing to take the risk on something that's less 
proven at that point in time, then it'll probably be a little bit easier in terms of like putting in the work, but also at the same time, there's less documentation and like educational content on that topic. So I guess just a different heart, but I know what you're talking about now. You have to put extra work in to get that extra small one, 2% difference to, you know, outpace the other competitors because now the quantity is so large. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot tougher now. Unfortunately, back then it was just, a little bit easier, a little bit less competition. Not as many people doing it now. Everyone's kind of jumping on it, especially after what's been going on the past couple of years. People are like, I got to be online because if I don't have that presence online, who knows what's going to happen? If I could have a physical location, can people come in? But online, you're able to just, I mean, you could sell globally, which makes it a lot easier. True, true. Um, yeah. Is there like a set of steps that you tend to follow, like a framework when you're working with a customer, like how to approach like what's best for them? somewhat but every website's different so it's kind of examining the competition kind of searching on google see who's on that first page of google for their keywords and what have they done because ultimately we're not trying to be google i mean it'd be amazing if we could but google changes every single day so what matters is really who's on that first page of google and what have they done so trying to just look at the competitors keywords their backlinks and trying to incorporate them into their website or seeing what's working for them already and trying to do more of that but it's really kind of just customizing it for each person. Yeah. yeah. And it, it seems like SEO is a pretty like labor or time intensive project. Is this something that you, do you do most of this work on your own or have you outsourced? And like, at, if you, if so, like at what point were you able to do so? And I have a team of people helping me because with SEO, it's a lot of content marketing, a lot of content, a lot of writing articles, blogs, and things like that. So in the past, I'd write it, but now I don't have time to write all that content. So that's a big part of it is finding a lot of good writers that are knowledgeable in different areas because all this content is going to be online somewhere and you don't want to have incorrect or false information out there. So I'll make sure it's all true, accurate, and going to offer value to the reader. So, But that's a big one. But initially, I was able to do it on my own, but now it's just does take a lot of time. So it's more of looking at the overall strategy and implementing it and making sure that everything's done according to what we've seen work in the past. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I guess, I guess we talked a, a bit about uh, specifically about SEO and your experience with it in the past, but um, is there anything that you're excited about for the future of SEO or things on the horizon maybe that uh, are you may be a bit worried about? Like, th- like what are some of the major things going on in like the world of search and SEO? I mean, the future is tough. I wish I knew that one, but that one, it's Google who constantly just changes and makes rules and you never know what they're going to do, what they're going to change, what they're looking for. But it's really, I mean, right now it's just following what Google wants, following what Google does and just trying to, Stay on top of what you think they might be going after in the future. But mainly, as long as you're not spamming, that's the biggest thing. Is As long as you're not doing anything that seems like, should I be doing this? Because it seems a little shady or sketchy. Like maybe like putting keywords. Yeah, anything that seems like a little too easy or too good to be true. Maybe hold off on that stuff because that, it might work temporarily. But in the long run, Google or your competitors are going to see it. And it's going to drop you in rankings. So, But it's just trying to, yeah, just... Staying up to date as much as I can and reading up different websites and forums and blogs and 
just trying to see what potentially might be out there, but nobody really knows. And do you think with, um, is more of the, I mean, I guess I'm assuming for SEO, it would be the focus is more on the long-term trend change than it is like the small, like, like rapid changes. Cause I guess like we talked about before, those apply more for maybe some other platforms or if you have all your eggs in one basket, but do you kind of, I guess, which one do you think in your case is more, uh, more of the uh, primary focus? Sorry. Yeah. Going for long-term and get that one out. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah. Definitely going for the long run and well, everything short-term and long run, you gotta make sure you're doing everything according to what they want because if you do anything sketchy or shady, they're going to penalize you. And if you get penalized, instead of ranking higher, you just drop down. Worst case scenario is you get kicked off Google permanently, which I haven't really seen happen too often, but you never know. And that's where, again, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So having a website is great. And I always tell people having websites the best because you own all that. Everything else, you're renting space off, like social media. You don't own any of that. But it is good to diversify and have exposure in as many places as possible, but really focusing on where your audience is at because being everywhere is going to spread yourself too thin. You just got to really try to take a step back and think about who your audience is, where are they, and how do I get in front of them? So primary focus, having something that you own and you could like build off of on other platforms. Like, you know, you, if you use social media, have it be more of like a place to say, Hey, this is what I'm about, but here's my link to go to my, where all my stuff is, where my product is. And is that kind of how it is or? Yeah, social media is just another way to get traffic to your website. That's usually okay. what you want to use it for. I mean, some people just use social media just to use it, but initially, I mean, the main thing is social. You want yeah. get them off of Facebook because there's so many ads on Facebook, on Instagram. There's a ton of ads, a lot of noise, distractions, notifications, friend requests. So it's easy for them to be on your page and then just get distracted. But if you get them onto your website, then you can hopefully get their email address or get some contact information or. You can run gotcha. some marketing ads where someone's been to your website and did do a specific action. You follow them around with those banner ads and keep yourself yeah. top of mind. Oh, those are all, yeah, just extra things you could put in to like complete the process. There's, and there's like a psychological aspect to that too, like sending them the notifications and alerts, sending them emails to their inbox. The one thing I did want to ask quickly is have, when you were learning and experimenting, were there cases where you like tried something and then it actually hurt your SEO like you were talking about before? Yeah. So that's where I would make sure if I'm testing anything, just buy a dot info or dot something, a cheap domain that I don't really care about because you never want to test on your own website. Oh, like a new strategy you mean? Yeah. Cause okay. yeah, you don't want to yeah, find out that doesn't work, but there's like tools or like even trying some of that like AI written content, seeing if that worked and it didn't work in the past didn't put it on my home websites, but just trying it out just to see, does this work? How does Google read content? How does Google analyze all that stuff? But doing it too much, definitely get some of those sites penalized where they just disappear, but never got anyone like kicked or get any of my websites kicked off Google, but definitely seen some drop off. But again, those are just like test sites where I'm not going to ever do that on my own website or like my real websites or a client's website. Cause yeah. don't want to try something out. You never know yeah. what's going to work and what's not going to work. That's actually smart. You're kind of making yeah. like a like a test pipeline instead of just going right in, which makes a lot of sense. But I feel like I'd skip that part. I'd be like, all right, let's just try it on mine. And then it wouldn't work well. 
<laughs> yeah, no, but then you don't want to get hit with that penalty because if it yeah. hurts you early, but in the long run it hurts you, it's not the best. So yeah, a lot of times it's like reading stuff online and then trying it out, building websites, and maybe build two websites. One's like has the new strategy that you want to implement. One has no strategy or a different one. And you can see which one ranks or which one's what happens to that traffic. Is there a place that you can go to see, is there like a way to quanti- quantify, I guess, um, the score or your rating in the search engines? Or is it just based on views and traffic? And that's kind of how you measure it and present results to your customers? So there's all these third-party tools that try to guess. About Google They're trying to had. like mimic the algorithm and then spit out a score or something? Yeah. So Google had Google PageRank. And they used to show page rank, but nowadays they don't show it. It was like a scale of zero to 10. 10 is the highest, zero is the lowest, or NA, where you didn't even get ranked. But yeah. they took that away a few years, or like 10 years ago. But Moz and all these other websites try to guesstimate at it. So there's like a, it's like Moz Domain Authority or Page Authority, or gotcha. like Ahrefs Domain Rank and Page Rank. And there's, Alexa rank and all these other majestic trust flow citation flows, all these tools that are trying to guess. So it's good to look at all of them because one or two of them could be manipulated, but to favor something. Yeah. Yeah. But some could be accurate, but most of them I wouldn't trust it just because there's people that game the system because they say, Hey, look at my website as this domain ranking of 80 by a, or write an article, I'll write an article, but you have to pay me a thousand dollars or something like that. Cause my website is just so popular, but nowadays people kind of, yeah, have gamed the system on all these third party yeah. tools. So you gotta just look across the board and try to look at all of them, but just know that it's not Google. They're just guessing and they might be yeah. close, but they're not hundred percent accurate. So it sounds like you're familiar with a lot of the names. I don't know if it's like, are you using that as a, sorry, a preliminary like testing, like, all right, I'll run it through these things, see what the score I get. And then if it's looking good, then I'll move forward with further testing. Like, I don't know. For the most part. Yeah. Look at that or look at the rankings. That's the best way to really look at it. But if I'm looking at a website that I don't own, that's how I look at them as using those third party tools. But if I own the website then I'd be looking at like Google analytics or Google search console, because that's where I can really see what's going on. I could track my rankings and all that stuff there. Got it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, John, did you have any follow-up um, to that? I did have something pop in my head, but now I'm blanking. Do you have anything? Yeah. I actually, I wanted to ask about the, like the intersection between like the SEO industry and the ad industry, just because I know at, like ads are, like one of the primary monetization pathways for many, many creators on the internet, um, whether they're website owners or um, YouTubers, podcasters, ads kind of like fuel the internet, so to speak. Um, And of course, the more traffic you get to your site, so the better your SEO, the more ad revenue you may be able to have on a site that does have ads on it. So I guess, how much do you interact with the ad industry? I know you said you worked at advertising agencies, so I'm assuming it's a decent amount, um, but I'll let you take the floor I mean, with that. The ads don't really help out with SEO, but 
they are good mm-hmm. to run some paid ads, like remarketing ads to follow people around and keep yourself top of mind. So someone that goes to like Amazon and doesn't buy a product, those ads will usually follow you around. Those work really, really well. And ads do work because just making sure you have a positive return on your investment, making sure that you're making more than you're putting in because Google ads can be pretty expensive. But if you're running, like I was saying earlier, like YouTube ads can be like pennies on the dollar compared to Google ads where those clicks are very expensive on Google and on YouTube, they're going to be like pennies to get those views or free for the first 30 seconds, which is pretty nice of Google or YouTube to do. So it's really good to just try them out, but they don't really help one another out. SEO, it's not going to rank. You're not going to rank higher organically just by running paid ads. But if you optimize your website, do an SEO on your website and then you run paid ads, Google's going to drop the cost per click a couple cents. So if your website is really optimized from an SEO point of view and you run paid ads, it instead of maybe $10 per click for that keyword, it might be $9 and 50 cents or nine, whatever it might be, but they're going to drop it a little bit. So you're saving some money. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you can go. Uh, and in, in terms of, um, maybe having the ads of other other companies on your site, uh, whether it's using like the different, because I know Google has different ad platforms where you could put ads on your website um, through like programmatic ads or direct deal ads. I'm sorry. I, I, th- I kind of, I work in ads now. So like that, that's why I'm asking so many questions specific to it. Um, but do you work with clients who, for like, for instance, if they have like a Google ad manager account and they put ads on their website as one of their one of their means of monetization? Is that something that is considered with their SEO yeah, strategy? I work with too many people that run ads on their own website because most of these people are like businesses, where it's like a restaurant or a dentist or a lawyer, so they're not going to want to run ads because each click from an ad might make them. A dollar, two dollars. Whereas if they got a client, they're gonna make a lot more money that way. So the ads don't really work unless you're more of like a blogger or something like that, where that's where you make most of your money through like affiliate links and ads and product placement and sponsorships. But other than that, most people don't really run ads because I'm working more with like business owners that want to keep you on the website. You don't want to get people off gotcha. of your website because getting people on your website is hard enough, and getting people to stay on your website is even harder. So you don't want to just have that person leave for a couple of dollars unless that is what their goal is. But most of the times they're not looking to do that. Gotcha. Oh, okay. I got you. So you're saying, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want to run ads for another product on your site if you're like offering a product. Yeah. Like if you're, unless you're like a blog. Cause yeah. Yeah. Like That's if where your money usually come from. You're like, come to my dental office. Don't click on this ad for Colgate toothpaste or something like that. So, I mean, will you use or will you see if they're using ads like at in other places as well as the SEO or you don't, you're not really looking into that or do you, do you give, do you take a look at their entire approach? No, I try to look at their whole approach because half the people that come to your website are going to leave immediately. So running those remarketing ads keeps yourself top of mind and really helps out and it's very, very effective. So I always tell everyone run remarketing. You don't have to run normal paid ads, cold outreach, but remarketing is warm leads of people that have been to your website. They know who you are. They've seen your website, but something distracted them to get them to leave. Maybe they were on their phone and they got a phone call or 
they were on your website and it loaded slowly. So hit that back button, but keeping yourself top of mind is going to hopefully get them to actually convert into that customer or lead or sale phone call, whatever it may be. Yeah. That, that psychology part too. Cause yeah, there are definitely a bunch of times where I'm looking at something interested in it and thinking about, you know, whether it be buying the service or buying the product, but then I just go to a different tab and quickly search something up and then I forget about it for three mm-hmm. days and then I end up just closing the tab. But it's hard to think about those things like yep. and then at you the get same time for it. You're trying to anticipate what the user is going to do and how to react to it, which is cool. But. Yep. but the nice thing is it's cheap because the way the ad, well, every platform is different, but usually you pay per click. So if you just see that ad, you're usually not paying much unless someone clicks on it, then it's going to be pretty expensive. But usually you get those views for free or sometimes like, for every thousand people that see it, you pay eight dollars. It's not that expensive for a thousand people that have been to your website, didn't make yeah. that purchase or whatever that conversion goal is. Now they're seeing your message for eight dollars, and these are all warm leads, not just cold random outreach to people that are interested. These are people that have been to your website. Gotcha. I had. A, gotcha. I mean, did you have anything else related to? No, you weren't. Asking. I, I was going to ask. I guess two things. I'm good. One was um. At this point, are you trying to market yourself as solely SEO or like I just asked a minute ago, do you, are you still advertising as like a digital marketer? Like I'll diagnose your whole approach and then give you my best steps. But I also do specialize in SEO because you think that's like the main focal point of all of this, which it is. Well, specialized in SEO. I mean, the company name is SEO Optimizer. So it's tough to leave that SEO completely. Okay, yeah. but, but definitely you've realized over the years that SEO is just a means to end and it doesn't get you sales. That's ultimately what people want is sales. Traffic is great, but sales are number one. So getting people to your website, like I was saying earlier, is just like half the battle because half the people that come to your website are going to leave yeah. immediately that bounce rate. So you got to figure out how to keep people on your website longer, how to optimize your website for conversions. That's a big part is conversion rate optimization is like once someone gets to your website, how do you keep them there? Because it's so easy to hit that back button there's 10 more websites on that first page of Google, plus there's ads and all these other noise and distractions to to get people to forget about you pretty easily. Are you interested in getting into more like UI, UX design for the customers or do they usually go and then like work with someone else to improve the website experience? Yeah, and no, I'll work with the web developer, programmer, whoever's helping okay. out with that and I'll give them like feedback and guidance and let's move this here and move this there, but building and you're not yeah you're not doing the building but you you will work with them yeah but work with them and helping them out cool and tell them what changes to make what things to move around um gotcha thank you for answering that one uh i guess my last question would be do you are there other types of business that you're interested in building off of this or even separately that you want to pursue or are you just you know tunnel vision on this right now getting ready for like where you need to adapt in the future and just trying to get better and grow that way i love skateboarding so made a page about skateboarding on social media a few years ago that grew to a couple hundred thousand followers so because i realized over the years let me follow my passion i've helped all these companies out over the years with their marketing let me market myself and my passion and did that and now just trying to make a product so trying to make the bearings the part that helps the wheels spin trying to somehow get that going. So that I'm on the side burner working on it, but not fully focused on it. Probably maybe like 10% of my time is to that, but 
seeing how I could get that going and just, yeah, trying to kind of learn over the years. You got to follow your passion, follow what you love. SEO is cool. It's nice. It's fun. But I mean, I'm more attracted to like the entrepreneurial, the freelancer side of things where it's like, yeah, the boss, you're able to like just pick up and digital nomad and go wherever you want as long as you have an internet connection. But God, follow your passion. And that is for me, skateboarding. That's really cool. I was, I was teaching myself a bit of skateboarding during COVID. I, I'll do it here and there, but not as consistently. But it is really fun. It's just the learning curve is pretty steep. Yeah, the concrete hurts when you fall. That's one downside. <laughs> it's not that forgiving when you fall. It hurts to get back up. So, yeah, that's one downside. But it is fun. What's the uh, What's the account if you don't mind sharing? It's called Shralpin. S H R A L P I N. Cool. I'm gonna check it out, but. If anyone else wants to on here, uh, that also leads me into, I was going to ask, do you, you want to just plug your sites, any social medias? I don't know if it's just under your name, if they could find you that way, or if you have a certain username. Oh yeah. So for everyone that's listening, watching, I created a special gift for them. If they go to my website, SEO optimizers.com. That's S E O O P T I M I Z E R S.com forward slash gift. They can find that there along with my contact information and a bunch of classes I've done over the years, both free and paid. I've thrown them all up there for free so they can watch those and see step-by-step how to do SEO or running paid ads and social media. I've thrown them all up there. And also if they want to book some time on my calendar for a free website analysis, I'm happy to check it out from an SEO point of view and see what's working, what's not working. And they can book some time on my calendar there as well. Perfect. I wish we had a gift for you. I really appreciate it. I, thank you for coming on. Uh, Ahmed, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask? Um, one last one. Uh, I guess it's, I know you said you have your, um, your skateboard, skateboard part project. Um, anything else on the horizon for the next, uh, two to five working years on the business maybe trying to write a book potentially see or yeah that those things probably but still sticking with seo for the time being and just doing this, the digital marketing for the time being but we'll see what happens awesome awesome well brandon thanks again for for coming on and for being such a great guest on the black box podcast uh everyone listening you know where to find us at black box podcast no way in the black um yeah i think i think this was a great time thank you, thank so, you much, so much brandon and um we will Thanks see you all on. next week have a good one peace